I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sportive Yodis B. Tonight I've got uh, John with me. John, are you here? Hello, Brandon. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, John. And I think Stu is also here. Stu, are you on the line? Subsex havers. Great, great. Well, I have to tell you, it, it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded. And uh, we realized after 219 episodes that we didn't have to record each week if we didn't feel like it. So we just didn't. <laughs> there are no bosses. I, I, I think what 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 we can say here is that we've been listening to listener feedback, which is, mm-hmm. you guys, did you do another podcast already? I haven't yeah. gotten around <laughs> yeah. to the last one yet. Yeah. So yeah. we've given you all a chance to clear your backlogs, yeah. to go through and mm-hmm. delete the old episodes or whatever. That's fine. And now we're back. We yeah. just asked I mean, for with only, the... With only one sport going on that's also, you know, and it's a struggling twins team, it's... Uh, you know, once fall rolls around, it'll probably be more of a weekly thing. But right. yeah, when there's only when's so Vikings much to talk about, here? when Gopher football is the, here, when the Vikings are here, it gives us a weekly impetus to have to talk about things stuff. to be angry about. So much things so to be angry, so many things to be angry about. Can I'd we like just? Can I reminisce ask, for just one second? Ahead, I'd like to reminisce yep. for one second about the time that we recorded a podcast during a Vikings game. I think it was the Vikings-Arizona Cardinals game. And Stu's Stu's video picture was about 14 seconds ahead of anybody else's, but he refused not to react in real time. And Clarence, (laughs) Clarence, somehow... He like called in from his car and then he got home and by the time in the in the interim between driving and getting to his microphone, he got completely hammered. Was just absolutely one hundred percent hammered. And so Clarence was just grumbling swears through the whole thing. Disgusting, horrible swears that only the people on the phone could understand. Listeners couldn't understand it, and I know this because the government would have come and found all of us if they had understood <laughs> half the things we said. <laughs> and I just want to say that that, I think, was the absolute high point for the Sportive podcast. That was the most memorable night of the Sportive right there. I would have to, was... I would have to agree with you. I, I, I have not forgotten that night and how insane and surreal that was. We were yelling at Stu, legitimately like, please. Stop it. <laughs> All right, third and long. <laughs> no. Fumble. A fumble just I, happened. Watch your TV, I, guys. The fumble just happened. <laughs> oh, I had anyway, no interest in that. 
Yeah, no, you, that was you my really that was my moment of reminiscence. It was good. It was good reminiscing. Um, anyway, so nothing has been going on, but now a few things have happened, and I think we first need to get into the Twins trade deadline. A little bit of a snooze fest as far as I'm concerned. All I know, and I have to remind every week, y'all are paying way more attention to the Twins than I am, but I feel like we got rid of organizational filler and then picked up a bunch of other organizational filler and the net net is they are sort of kind of where they were when they began is did anything move the needle here i feel like we are on our famous boner clock i feel like we were at about six o'clock to 601 for two straight weeks it it sort of felt like we paid a lot of money for a 1999 honda civic and eventually, through a bunch of Wheeler dealing, turned it into four 1997 Honda Civics. Which, <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. We, we overpaid for the 99 Civic in the first place, but it's, it's nice to have four different 97 Civics, I guess. That gives you a better chance of having a Civic that turns out to be something really good. But also... It's still not good, good. It just um, is. I think... Didn't uh, pick up. Um, the problem, I guess, is that uh, there's no way the Twins are going to catch uh, Cleveland or Kansas City. It simply wasn't going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm okay. I'm okay with them calling it a season, and I'm okay with the moves they made... Um, because, and John is correct to point out, they did not get, you know, top, you know, level prospects. But they did get those, um, the, the Twins pitching depth organizational-wide, compared to four 1997 Honda Civics, their current status is a 1982 Monte Carlo that's on fire. Right. And it's, <laughs> they, so they had they had no choice but to try anything. And if that means, you know, taking... You know, a shot at hope one of these guys turning into I don't know, like a poor man's Kevin Tappany. I'm okay Ooh. with that. Yeah, and I mean that's no, kind of what you're that. hoping for, and that's basically what what Jaime Garcia was was a poor man's Kevin Tappany, and they're hoping, you know, when it became apparent they weren't going to catch Cleveland or Kansas City, they turned him into two lottery <laughs> tickets to hopefully be something like Jaime Garcia is right now. I hope, I really hope that five years from now, I remember the Jaime Garcia saga because the twins almost traded for him. Then that deal fell through because the Braves realized that the guy, the twins were trying to trade him didn't have an arm anymore. So (laughs) in the interim, he made another start for Atlanta, won the game, hit a grand slam. So by the time the Twins finally completed a trade for him and actually pitched him in the game, in the interim between the time when they almost traded for him and when he actually pitched in a baseball game, the Twins went from AL Central contenders to potential last place finishers in the American League Central in just that little short time that it Mm -hmm. almost became true that they had to trade him before they could play him in a game. It went south so quickly. Yeah, it was. I, and I feel, I you got to feel good for you, you have to feel good for Garcia because he basically went from one of the worst teams in baseball 
to a 500 team to being, you know, in a likely World Series uh, team. I mean, right. in like the span of a week. So you kind of have to, and he's got a good beard, so you feel good about that too. And somehow, out of those three teams, the Braves who have no players and the Yankees who have all the money in the entire world, the Twins are the one that we were paying Jaime Garcia's salary for the rest of the year. <laughs> that just <laughs> seems impossible to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that if they changed. hadn't, you, I mean, if you, if you, if you thought the 1997 Civics were bad, if they hadn't paid that salary, it would right. have been a, it, the, the Yankees would have just shown up and punched us in the, in the dick. That would have yeah. been what I we mean, got for Jaime Garcia. They would have so, traded from they the, the 80, <laughs> they would have gone from an 82 Monte Carlo that was on fire to an 84 IROC that has no tires. I mean, it's an upgrade, <laughs> but not much of one. No. Yeah, I'm okay with the trades that they made, generally speaking, and I'm 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 glad they have more ninety seven civics versus the busted mopeds they were running out there. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm I'm glad that the cold streak it was a huge bummer, but it's probably overall a good thing for the organization that it happened because this such a smoke and mirrors team that it's good to now realize like, okay, right. it's over. And that's that's all good. I'm just having a hard time. I just feel like they are – I'm sure they fielded calls for Santana or Dozier or a few other guys with actual value, to, but they they didn't really – it was a half measure in a way, maybe. And I'm just right. worried they're right now in some sort of, like, baseball purgatory. Well, I mean – I, I have twins, no reason to be excited really. about the future. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. Uh, but there's basically – it's like three dudes, Buxton, Sonel, Barrios, and then – who the hell knows beyond that? Kind of. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's uh, so they really need to come up. I mean, this these last two draft classes, there needs to be some arms coming out of there, or they need to do well, something I mean, in free agency that we don't foresee them doing. And I, 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 I just, you know, you can't stress enough that the last two draft classes, despite the boy wonders being in charge now. The last few mm-hmm. draft classes were drafted by Terry Ryan, so mm. Mm. confidence yeah. low, confidence mm. really low. The best is Nick Gordon, right, for the young guys right now? Is that fair? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Gordon, um, Romero, Gonzalez, and boy, I, I couldn't tell you any other people who are from the Ryan era. Those are the three that I know. Well, our savior, guys, uh, B- Tyler J. Tyler J is going to save this. Is this, all is this us, where right? we bring up BJ Garby? This is usually where we bring up BJ Garby in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> let's get let's get our Levi Michael quota out right now. Let's just mention his name. We said it. We get it out yeah. once every episode. We're done. We don't Did have I, to mention him again. I don't. I don't know if we ever went over the the great baseball road trip on this podcast, but one of the games that we saw was John. You're cutting out on my end. I can't hear you, buddy. Stu, are you okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm I'm okay, but uh, yeah, I think John faded there. We lost him. Oh yep. man, yep. the momentum! I was excited to hear what was going to happen. We but had. Uh, I want to try to. We're going to talk about the Chattanooga. Before. It was a Chattanooga lookouts game on the baseball road trip that he undertook with uh, friends of the program, Randball and Rocket. So is he back so now? So if I had to, if I had to guess the end of it, Nick Gordon booted a Where few balls. Where did I get cut off? Got Hold ejected on, and has now off. died. Okay, you got cut off. Uh, 
You went to the Great Baseball Road Trip. Check. You wanted to see Nick Gordon. Check. Chattanooga Lookouts. Check. And then you started telling a story that's supposed to be, I believe, indicative of how hopeless this franchise is. That's my guess, <laughs> but I really want to hear the specifics. Well, you, what I did was I ranted for about three minutes, during which I was getting no reaction from anyone, at which point I discovered that my phone had gone dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, these guys are giving me nothing for what I thought was an entertaining is story of Nick Gordon's night in Chattanooga. All I was saying was that we were reasonably excited to see Nick Gordon in Chattanooga and the game we went, I think he went over five, hit into two double plays and made a key error. But then Yikes. you also mentioned Le you also mentioned Levi Michael who won the game by getting hit with a pitch with the bases loaded, like Homer at the bat to to walk off for a walk off win. Which I think wow. is probably the crown. That'll probably be the highest point of Levi Michael's career. Poor Levi Michael. I'm sure he's a big listener, and he hates that we mention this every week. But uh, yeah, not happy. Not happy with Levi Michael. Generally speaking, Royce Lewis is good though, right? Is that still? The, I think that's still the case. So, I, everybody seems sure to love effect. him. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, I guess nothing new has actually changed with the Twins. We thought we had to record this specifically, but it's the same as it's all, always ever been. And these new arms we, they got, there's a couple promising guys, but they're mostly kind of low-velocity dudes, I yeah, think. I was a little <laughs> surprised that all these guys, it was like, well, his fastball tops out in the low 90s, and uh, he he really seems to have a couple of good out pitches. Not, not Sterling stuff, but he seems to know how to pitch, and... This sounds familiar. I'm not going to lie. Well, yes, I mean, you have, to you have to John, you have to remember they also overcorrected in like the late Terry Ryan era where they just got guys who could throw 101 miles per hour but could not get anybody out. Um, Jim Hoey, I think, is a criminal. I think he actually <laughs> killed three people with his fastball. Just a couple <laughs> of mascots and a vet and, a, and like a, a beer hawker. I think they all were felled by by Jim Hoey's control problems. I think my favorite... Do you remember Billy Bullock? Yes, I do. <laughs> He's like Florida's closer or something. And he... The Twins... Uh, I can't, I'll get the story wrong. The Twins took somebody or other in the Rule 5 draft. And then to avoid having to give him back because they didn't want to put him on the Major League roster because he was terrible... They sent Billy Bullock off instead, who at the time was pitching, I think, a triple-A, and he could throw 142 miles an hour or whatever everybody says about prospects. And everyone, all the all the Twins prospect readers sort of were up in arms a little bit, like, how could they possibly give away this young arm who, who throws a million miles an hour or whatever? And so later that season, I checked on him, and he had like a 6.5 ERA for the Braves triple-A team or something like that. And so I... I, I wonder what Billy Bullock is doing right now, I guess is what I'm saying. I well, think he I and Anthony Slamma have Bullock's. a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bullock owns a boat for sure. I'm positive that Billy Bullock is not pitching because according to his baseball reference, he was done in 2015, played indie ball nice. for a couple years. So that was he – he, he just He's shot playing. out of the gates looking great. Because uh, he threw so fucking hard, but he was always pretty bad. And he just kind of stayed bad until he stopped pitching in Sioux City right. uh, as a 27-year-old. 
So that's Billy Bullock. I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad that we got that. an update on uh, the Twins' 15th best prospect from 2012. Yep. Yep. And uh, old Anthony Slama. Who the hell knows? He's uh, he's out of here. <laughs> he's been done for a very long time. I just looked up his. Yeah. He, well, by he the nothing. by the time the Twins called him up, he was 44 years old. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a grandpa now, which is nice. Facebook's got him and his grandkids. Pretty he's got cool. two grandkids in high school. That's cool. Pretty cool. One good of them's a pretty him. good ball player. One of them's a he went to the Mexican player, League. I don't know if you knew this. He went to the Mexican League. Did not do. Did not fare well in the Mexican League. One point nine whip. So this podcast just is becoming us looking up old guys on Wikipedia. Yeah, I just realized that. <laughs> this is exactly. This is. <laughs> it's a public service when you think about it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of guys no, to look up on Wikipedia, else. can we have a moment of silence for the Twins' career of John Ryan Murphy? Oh man, Let's John Patrick Ryan Sean Murphy. When when the Twins traded for him, Clarence immediately started calling him John Michael Montgomery. Sure. <laughs> and I, I think that was probably the high point of John Ryan Murphy's career. It's the most joy that he's ever given was Clarence calling him that. To yep. fourteen listeners on a podcast, right? Didn't get better from there for John Ryan Murphy. Well, the thing is, he can settle into a lifetime of being an Irish cop who pulls over black motorists, so he's got that much going for him. Yep, he's, you know he's going to have he a thousand chances to make that happen. <laughs> he will not he doesn't be denied service. Doesn't actually even need to qualify for the force. With a name no. like John Ryan Murphy, he can show up in any police department. In the he's a lock. Get a badge. <laughs> Yeah, his resume is just his name in like a hundred and eight point font. Right, that'll do it. That that'll oh, do it's it. Hard to keep him out. Hard to mm-hmm. keep him out. <laughs> so, is there any reason to watch the Twins? Well, actually, there is one big reason to watch the Twins. There's two of them that I know of. One, our sweet boy Byron Bucks is back. We'll be back. Soon. Yep. Yeah. And two. Yeah, he's Sano, back as of yesterday. That's great. And then Sano might hit 40 bombs, right? Yeah. And, I mean, Barrios pitched really well last night. Um, he'll be worth watching to see how he finishes the season if he like, gets tired towards the end. Um, it'll be fun to see, uh, watch, like, Twins Twitter, which has, I saw one in the wild, and I believe um, fellow uh, podcast of No Gleeman and the Geek discussed this on their weekend episode. Uh, there is a minority, but it is there, of Twins fans who think uh, we need to just move on from Byron Buxton and put Zach Granite in center field every day. No. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely saw right. one tweet myself. It's it's a real thing, and boy, that's uh, that who th- who would have thought an, under, an undersized, scrappy white guy would become a fan favorite? Who who figured that would happen? That's uh, that was crazy. Oh my word! This is like the flat earthers of Minnesota, essentially. I know, and I mean, I think he's <laughs> probably got potential to be like a like a What's leadoff hitter, fourth outfielder of guy. Birch Society. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just I mean, he does have a great name. Let's give him that much. Yep. You do get bonuses for that I mean, too. I, I I credit people extra yeah. for having a cool name. So. Yeah. Yeah, but Byron Buxton is an awfully cool name. It's so much better than Zach yeah. Granite. Zach Granite seems like and I a, mean, a children's cartoon superhero. 
like a superhero I, that's on Nickelodeon for kids. And I will no, say, one time I was at a Twins game with my wonderful wife, and she has trouble remembering Twins players' names. And I said, and I was quizzing her, and I said, "Do you remember the guy who plays center field? The young guy I told you about?" She said, "Yeah, um, um, Brandon Broxy." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish. Well, not man, not quite, honey, not quite. We're we're similarly athletic, I'd say. <laughs> I would uh, say you're about the same speed. Same speed. Yep, yep. Both country as hell. Both just super yep. into small towns. Uh, well, that's all the twins talk I had. Yeah, I yeah, think that's I think about that's, the right. That's good enough. I think that's the correct amount of twins talk for the current situation the twins are in. Well, I bet you're going to want to have uh, talked about the twins a little more after I tell you our next topic. I want to find out what your thoughts are, Jonathan, on the uh, Minnesota Vikings O line. How's the O line looking, buddy? <laughs> uh, well, R- Riley Reef, who I found out to R- remember Riley Reef. I think he went to Rick, Iowa. I found out today he's from South Dakota. Rick Riley from South Dakota. Yep. He's Rick on the Riley team, and I South think Dakota. his leg got amputated. Yep. Anyway, he's hurt already, which, shocker, uh, a tackle that Rick Spielman signed is hurt. I hope you guys And he was bad down. to hope... begin with. Even healthy no. is not good. Yeah, he's not very good, but yeah. now he's also not healthy and not good. Mm-hmm. So I hope you the guys bar, the, yeah, the bar he had to clear was to be better than Matt Khalil, which you can't be if you're not healthy. I mean, that was the low bar that he has to clear, and he's currently That's not really clearing all, that bar. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I mean, he, it was like the first or second day of training camp, right? And I don't he's know not if he's actually worn pads yet. I think he might actually be on the path of totality of the solar eclipse, and no, he's it's just so dark out, no one can find him. I mean, he's a big man, but that's a big path of totality. That makes as much sense as anything. I know. That does actually make perfect sense. I'm just saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Sue. Damn right you are. How's Tony Elvis and that is the that's, the that's the extent of what I know about uh, training camp, is that Reef is out. If, Please fill me in on anything else, guys, because I don't know shit. I saw a, big, a picture a big... of uh, of Ted Bridgewater, and his leg is for sure attached. Like I have one hundred percent awesome visual confirmation that he still has two legs. I don't know if he can bend it or if he can even jog. I haven't yeah. been paying that close attention. I just know that I saw or... I saw a still him, and actually, it may be a prosthetic fully, but I saw a still image of him with two legs. So, things are looking up. Yep. I cried a little. Just mm-hmm. to see our sweet, beautiful boy, Teddy Bridgewater, back in uniform. I mean, this. how long ago did his injury happen? Just about a year ago, right? Yeah, one year uh, ago, roughly. Right about, yeah. Was it kind of near the end of training camp? Yes. I, guess it I, th- uh, I think th- it was. He played... Didn't he play in the first uh, preseason game at U.S. Bank Stadium? I, think I believe right, it was yeah. on national TV. 
And then he well, hurt himself like after that. Sporting didn't fact. Sean Hill play about the first half of the first game of the season? And then they were the Vikings remembered that he was Sean Hill and then they put Bradford in? That also happened, yeah. Or did Hill but play my, the, first, the whole first game? I don't know. It was pretty late in the preseason that Bridgewater got hurt. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I, I'm pretty sure that Hill played the whole first game. Ah, sport effect. Anybody who cares right. has already looked this up. So, um, But thinking that it's been a full calendar year and Teddy B works, I'm assuming, as hard as anybody on planet Earth to get better, and he's got the best training facilities and doctors and everything else and he's like barely jogging right now this is real real dire sign as far as i'm concerned of him coming back at all (laughs) two years out jesus there is part of you that has to look and say ted keep your ability to walk for the rest of your life don't try to play football with that yeah he's got a couple mil in the bank right he doesn't need to be this desperate sign. for risking his life. I'm not sure you're meant to play football. Your leg exploded without anyone touching you. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you can get a better sign than that, that maybe this is not what you were meant to do. I mean, he's, a, by all accounts, an amazing dude. He can go coach or train people or do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, I mean, I hope he continues him. to train, but Jesus, I just like... I was excited when I saw the picture, and I was like, holy shit, it's been a full calendar year, and this is what's happening. I don't know, man. This is, I am for sure this is a like little the, bit... not an authority. but whenever, whenever I hear that any player, even if it's a player I've never heard, heard of before, when I hear that any player has retired from the NFL, I'm like, good for you. Good for you to get out now. I know you've only been in the league two years. You haven't made any money, but I applaud you for walking away because this is nonsense. It happens but all the time. A hypo- tough sport. Because I'm a terrible hypocrite, I'll watch the Vikings on opening week. So, Yeah, it's a tough one. I think that it's okay to watch the sport while also hoping the sport gets better and improves in a bunch of areas as of now. But I'm maybe that's just me, also being a hypocrite. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But I mean, I don't know. I hope he comes back and whatever. It'd be amazing. But I would not at all be shocked or sad if he was like, "Nah, not happening." I don't know. Uh, any um, any word thoughts? on um, um, LeBron treadmill? Anyone know anything? He is a player on the hmm. Vikings. I think he's still rostered. They're... Okay. I think he's got a number of... Um, the, Vikings, the Vikings seem to have a number of wide receivers who are like, man, I didn't catch a single pass last year. I don't know what happened. Jarius Wright was that way, too. He was like, yeah. I honestly don't know why no one threw me the ball at all last year, but no one did. I was on the field. I was on the team. I had my own jersey. It had my name on the back. I could have caught passes. I just didn't, and I'm not sure why. Bradford threw for like 3,000 yards, and somehow Jarius Wright got like 17 of them. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph had 422 catches, and nobody else had one. (laughs) Breakout year. Kyle Rudolph, I'm calling it. Breakout year. This is happening. 
Uh, I can you okay? So I asked you to try to get me excited about the twins. Uh, you didn't help at all. It's not your fault, but you didn't. Uh, can you get me excited about the Vikings? Is it Dalvin Cook? Is he our only hope this year to get like super uh, pumped? I I think the defense will be pretty good. That's something to get pumped about, right? I mean, no, that's no, it's not at all a thing. Uh-uh. I, I I don't I mean, know. I think it might be fun. A, a good defense no. be fun. I think. What I like I guess, to call them, but they're not like a good is... defense. Like they don't have like Dion or Strahan or someone who's just gonna like light shit up. They're just like really solid, and they cause a lot of like, oh, it's third and six, incomplete. It's like cool. It's <laughs> well, cool. what are you it's, looking for? You know, here, but. It's dominance. Yeah, I mean, they've got straight dominance or fun. Like, where's Troy Polamalu with the hair or, like, Ed Reed or, you know, I don't know. Just something. They're, I mean, I'm not complaining. Actually, I am. This is exactly what I'm doing. Oh, well, I mean. Maybe I should yeah. be saying well, I shouldn't I be mean, complaining about a real good defense, but they're not, like, a real exciting defense. Maybe Harrison well, Smith has a couple steady, of cool plays. though. They're steady. They're steady, but that's not that's. They're steady as a they, fan who kind of checks in and out. That's that's not enough for me. Well, they. I mean, they, they're like a mirror image of their coach. I mean, you know, Zim's a pretty tough guy, and he'll coach him up to be almost as good as uh, Brad Childress' team. As Childress, <laughs> a one can hope he hits the peaks that uh, Brad yep. Childress got. Some. I mean, you got to think Childress someday. It's, is the clock ticking? On the Mike Zimmer era, if he doesn't win a playoff game soon, I mean, no, how many years I, did Childress I, get? I'm I'm totally joking, but I was just trying to rile yeah. up Clarence. Nah, it, it, I think even you know his most diehard backers would admit that this is probably Spielman's breaker make or break year. Just given how bad the draft was last year and all the other bad choices he's made, and he really has to. Everything has to go right with the picks, both last year's and this year's. This year, and they have to be good this year. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down in my opinion. That's my thing. It would be great if they got rid of him, but just remember, uh, they could have a dumber person in charge. There's a lot of amazingly bad GMs. Oh yeah, totally incompetent. There are some dopes. There are some dopes in National Football League. My God. Yeah, it's like the smart guys in the front office hasn't totally gotten into football yet. Like baseball, 10 or 15 years ago, some of these trades were made like were insane and they don't really happen anymore. And But that shit's still happening in football. So I wonder if that's going to become a thing soon where smart guys are in charge. Because it seems like that would be what I would do if I owned a team. Get a smart guy in charge, not just a former player. But the NFL is I'm kind just of a dumbass on a podcast. No matter how bad your team is, it's like, well, the Vikings are bad, but at least they're not the Browns. The Vikings are bad, but at least they're not the 49ers. The Vikings are yep. bad, but at least they're not the Jaguars. The Vikings are bad, but at least they're not the Rams. There's so many teams the Jets. you could say, but yeah. at least they're not the blank. Yeah. The Bears. Yeah, at least they're not. The, the, Bears, the Bears will still beat the Vikings the at least once this year, but yeah. I I don't There's think just... we've spent enough time thinking about how the Chicago Bears went out and dropped millions of dollars on Mike Glennon 
which was a dumb move in itself, but then also traded all their draft picks to move up one spot to take a quarterback that would have been there no matter what. <laughs> they traded like all their draft picks to a quarterback that they should have picked in the third round. And it's, the, oh, it's just, it's absolutely like me picking drunk at a fantasy baseball draft. <laughs> Did he start like exact... 13 games or something? Like he's barely any tape on him or anything? I don't know, man. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he was. I think he, he also I mean, for did, one year, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, one year, one year in college. And He's prior to that, his most. He was well known for. He had a tweet that said, "I love to kiss big titties." That was like his big uh, breakthrough before that. So <laughs> that was it. That was his. Penis. That was that's his that's not a joke. That isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's honest. I was reading yeah. an article uh, maybe a year ago or so. I don't know what it was really even about, but I think it was it was maybe just talking about uh, GMs in the NFL and the salary cap and how restrictive it is and how many guys they have to sign or whatever. They basically like you can only have like ten good veteran players on your team, uh, and then because of the salary cap, you just have to have a bunch of other shit and hope it works out. So you can see that come true because in almost every team has some weakness, either on offense or defense or special teams or something. Like there's a there's an absolute dumpster fire in, on essentially every single team in the NFL. You can take away the Patriots, obviously, but even the Falcons were amazing last year. But if you ask their fan, their one of their fans is probably like, "Oh, the defense just drives me up the wall." So no matter who we get in place. For Rick Spielman, even if he's a genius, I feel good that we'll always have something to complain about with with the Vikings. It just makes me sleep better at night. It'll always be there for me. Constant. Yeah, it's 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 good to have a constant. It really is. Yeah, it just will be with us forever. We could do this podcast for fifty more years, and I can guarantee you, in twenty sixty seven, there's some bullshit going on with the Vikings. There's no way that they're just like. Oh, they're pretty good in all in all in all areas. It's not going to happen. Well, I mean, it it is true that the best Vikings team of my lifetime, the best Minnesota sports team of my whole entire life, caused the worst memory of my entire childhood. So <laughs> that's just the yeah, way the Vikings that was the are. best case scenario. Ugh. Yep, that's as good as it's ever going to get. Is me absolutely abject miserable. That's the it's high point. Something about football, man. Fandom. I don't understand it. What what is it about football more than other sports though? Is it just because it like when you're watching with that sort of bird's eye view on TV, it looks like it should be easier and it's just frustrating to watch it because it seems simple? Or is it because it's like the uh adrenaline aggressiveness to it gets you kind of amped up even though you're not playing? So that just kind of rouses you up too. Oh. I don't know what it is about football, but you can't just and I that's an, I've tried, that's an interesting but you can't point, just casually Brandon. watch it. Because we talked about this a few podcasts ago where I I don't particularly like fighting. I think it's like hockey fights do nothing for me, but a baseball brawl. You get baseball players fighting, I'm just ready to punch a hole in the wall and just go absolutely crazy. <laughs> so maybe yeah. the violence of football actually gets me more amped up for football. That's an interesting thing that I had not considered before. There's, there's gotta be something to it because even casual fans, 
uh, unless they sort of check themselves emotional, emotionally, will find themselves screaming at the television within 10 minutes. And it's not like that for any sport at all. People can care about a sport. Sure. And- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And be more emotionally invested in football if they, even if they don't give a shit. I don't know, man. It's true. We are not going to have a shortage Saints, of shit to complain about this year. The Saints NFC Championship game. One of my friend's wives who was watching this game with us and never watched football about halfway through the second half turned to him and said, now I know why you're like this. I am miserable right now. <laughs> <laughs> like just experiencing that yeah. was enough to tell her, oh, this is why you are the way you are. I am so unhappy to be watching this. Which at that point it would still it was still potentially a great day for Vikings fans. So close. And yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Yeah, I like to pride myself on being obviously very emotionally at an arm's length with football, but it's very <laughs> difficult to be like that because I feel like at times I'm the only person on the planet who watches football in that manner because everybody else is just fucking balls to the wall every Sunday, you know. And it's, but I totally get it. I know that in this scenario, I am for sure in the tiny, tiny, tiny minority. And the natural way to watch football is how everybody else watches football. Just get jacked. Just get so jacked it. up. I don't know how it's you hard. do it. It's hard. Doesn't make any sense. Sort of like, uh, you know, how, uh, people who go to AA will just say it's like a daily minor brainwashing. It's sort yeah. of like you have to one continue to remind day. yourself every single day. One, just just got to get through this game and just remember. I just keep telling myself over and over, I am not on the team. It helps a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we one will get back time. into. More, yeah, one day at a time. More Vikings talk, I'm sure, later. John, I wanted to ask you again. I feel like the theme has all of a sudden become uh, our sports uh, from the Twins to the Vikings and now the Wild all seem like they're somewhat in like middle, mid level sports purgatory. Is it the same for the Wild? Yep. How, are they, are they going to be able it's to make a leap? The same. Oh, no. There, there's no reason they should make a leap. The, the Wild are. The Wild are stuck in that particular sports purgatory, that that salary cap purgatory, where they don't have the cap room to make any big splashes. They can't go out and sign top free agents because they signed Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter to 
42-year, $455 million contracts or whatever the numbers on those were. And they they still have some big contracts like Nico Koivu's contract, and they they got rid of Jason Palmanville's huge contract, but they got back Tyler Ennis, who has a pretty big contract himself. So they're just they're stuck in sort of this middling thing where they're they're re-signing guys who are good on their team. They just re-signed Mikhail Gramland, and they just re-signed Nino Niederreiter, both of whom are good young players, but neither of whom is a particular difference maker. Like. Nobody else in the Central Division is going to be like, man, I wish they hadn't kept Niederreiter. That guy scored 21 goals last year, and two of them were against us. I mean, I don't know how we compete with that, having that guy on your yeah. second line, et cetera, and so on. And they 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 really have not gotten better this offseason. They've arguably gotten worse. They, they got rid of Pominville, which is good, but they had to trade Marco Scandella along with him, which is bad. They got back two guys who've been sort of a sort of a disappointment from Buffalo. They traded away a couple of prospects, or well, they lost a prospect in the expansion draft and gave up another prospect to keep him. They gave up a bunch of draft picks. They every year around the trade deadline, they trade a second round pick or a first round pick to get a rental player who isn't very good. Because they want to make a move and really go for it. And they really go for it and they maybe win one playoff series and maybe they don't. And So they're just, they're going to be this team for a long time it seems like. Like legitimately how many years until they're either real bad or real good? Uh, well, they're not going to be real good I don't think. We, we're counting on the crapshoot of the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Because okay. I don't think they're ever going to be a president's trophy competing team, not with this core. But I think they got at least probably four more years at this point before they're truly crappy. Unless Devin wow. Dubnik, which, I mean, he's into his 30s, so that could happen at any point. But if he really falls off and they can't find the goaltender, it could happen sooner than that. But I think they're stuck for about three or four years of just muddling through in the middle, like... The fifth best team in the Western Conference, the third best team in the Central Division, maybe competing for a home playoff series at the start of the playoffs, maybe. So, I can you in hockey? Can you like blow it up? Let's get fired up, John! Woo! Yeah, yeah. Season tickets on sale now, guys. Does that even happen in (laughs) hockey? Where you just like this team is now tanking like crazy? Do they do that? Like oh, that happens. Tanking that happens projects? every single year in hockey. Every year, somebody tries to tank for an amazing player. The Oilers did it for fourteen straight years. The Oilers tanked every year, no matter how many good players they got, and they're actually pretty good now. So the Penguins did it. The Oilers did it. What apparently you have to do in the NHL is not just be bad for one year. You have to be absolutely terrible. Nearing contraction with other teams considering maybe maybe you would belong more in junior hockey like that bad for about <laughs> five or six straight years. Oh boy. And then you also have to win you also have to win the NH, the draft lottery a couple times. You have to come along at the right time when there's franchise changing players like Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or one of those kind of guys available in the draft. If you can do all that about five straight years, then you got a chance of being a transcendent team. But other than that, I mean, you're not going to do that picking ninth in the draft every year. You're just not. Well, gee, John. 
Thanks for cheering us up. It's good to have. It's good to yeah. have the sport of back. Thanks, man. I feel better already. You just got it off your chest. No one else yeah, does, but. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What, yeah, you what just the sport took the happiness about from us. Is it the, it's a misery distribution system. I take the misery out of myself, <laughs> and I distribute it onto you and onto all of our listeners. Yep. Well, do you want to talk about a team that might not be in purgatory? The Minnesota Lynx? Well, maybe, but that's not who I had in mind here. We had a... Oh, um, sorry. We're going to move into our audience request um, portion of the podcast. And first and foremost, my best friend, Matt Brickman, who's a weatherman, and my best friend... What's up, friend, Matt? Uh, asked, What's up, What's up Matt? Matt? He asked us to talk about some wildly specu- speculative, uh, essentially fanfic at this point, uh, discussion of whether or not we could the Timberwolves, my squad, uh, could ever end up with Kyrie Irving. So I kind of want to play this out, fantasize about it a little bit, because John, right, go are, would it. you be if you're Tibbs, uh, would you throw Wiggins on the table to get Kyrie? Hey, if you can get Stefan Marbury 2.0, I think you got to make that trade, don't you? Jesus, why would you? Just continuing to distribute misery amongst us <laughs> sucks. Uh, it's the MDS. I the think that Kyrie distribution system. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that Kyrie's probably uh, way mo- more overrated than the general casual fan thinks, just because he's so bad defensively. But Wiggins is also way overrated by casual fans, and he's even worse in every single category. So I would, I would trade Wiggins for Kyrie in a heartbeat and just make a run at it. That would be so fucking fun. And Kyrie gets extra points uh, that he may lose for like actual plus-minus box score or whatever just because he's so fucking fun to watch. I would be through the roof if we traded for Wiggins. Uh, knowing, of course, that there is a potential outcome here. I don't know which one of the uh, timelines that would be, but one of the timelines is that Wiggins becomes an amazing player. I just personally think that that's kind of unlikely seeing him play for a few years already. So I say bring it on. I would absolutely love it. Let's go. Let's do this. This is the portion but, I mean, where I get there's, done talking about the Timberwolves no, and you guys sit silently. Well, but there's, <laughs> there's no way it can actually happen, right? I mean, there's just... It was all just like a single news report saying that he had preferred teams he wanted to go to because him and Brown Brown were fighting. And the Timberwolves somehow made it on one list and one report. And literally, it threw every all of Timberwolves' Twitter into a panic about how they can make it happen or if they should make it happen. On the one hand, you could argue that it's that Kyrie just mentioning the name Minnesota to his agent to tell the Cavaliers to who then told the reporter who then wrote about it. Getting excited about that as a Wolves fan is monumentally pathetic. That's one argument. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, oh, it's true. He, it's so true. On the other hand, he did mention us. It's pretty fucking cool. So I don't know which side of that name. argument you want to take, but he did say the word Minnesota. I'm, 
ideally he pronounced it correctly. He knows the name of the team. I, he, Kyrie knows about us, guys. This is this is a big step, and I don't want to, I don't want to power through that. I'm sure he's, if not a listener now, will be a listener soon. We'll have him on buds, beers, wings, all of it. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I think that it's possible that it could happen because Wiggins is young and people around the NBA think the world of him and know that he's got a crazy amount of potential. It obviously would be super surreal for him to be traded right back to the team that drafted him. But this would not be even on the list of like crazy shit to go down in the NBA. I don't even know if it'd be like a top 10 story. It would be a big story, but not an insane story compared to everything else that's going on. So it could happen. And again, I just want to point out, Kyrie knows us. He knows about Minnesota. It's fucking cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. Super excited about it. Um, and then that would, and I'm playing this out fanfic wise, that would immediately launch us into like hardcore power players in the in the Western Conference. It's immediately, so the Timberwolves would be the fifth best team in the Western <sighs> Conference. John, take a lap. We would be hey, way better where? than the fifth best team. <laughs> Where would they? Where would they actually rank? They'd probably they'd be fourth. behind Golden State, obviously. They'd, they'd be fourth. You be son of a bitch. Houston. They'd be fourth. And San Antonio. And in yes. San Antonio, but not so that's fifth. At least fourth. Didn't um, Paul George just sign with Oklahoma City? Can I cut your? I don't know. Can you? Can your phone die again? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm not wrong about this, am I? You're not wrong about this. They are essentially, as of now, I would say, and I I thank God we're not recording this, so this can't be used against me in the future. They are right now probably, Vegas odds-wise, considered the fifth best team in the Western Conference, right? Right. Um, And if they got Kyrie, you think that would bump them all the way up to fourth? (laughs) No. The... I mean, yes, but uh, the difference is I think right now they're a five seed who's like kind of can give the top four teams somewhat of a scare, like a little bit of a scare, uh, but really would would not have much of a chance in the playoffs. I think somebody like Kyrie makes you maybe only a few wins difference in regular season wise, because again, he's not great defensively, but the smart guys in basketball will tell you that the in the playoffs in particular, Kyrie's like the opposite of Ricky Rubio, where like the ability to make a shot one-on-one isolation, etc., becomes like insanely important in the playoffs. So they would maybe go from fifth to fourth, but then they would be a legitimate contender for an upset uh, in the playoffs. So I guess if you want to be an optimist like Poochie, You'd say this makes them like contenders, like absolutely like, oh, right. shit, this team could for sure make some noise. Uh, if you wanted to be a pessimist like the Marth, you'd say, yeah, they went from the fifth to the fourth. Good job. You just got rid of a young guy. Um, but I also am saying this as a person who doesn't like Wiggins. Like I don't I don't like watching him play and I enjoy my teams that are entertaining. Right. And Kyrie would probably drive me crazy in some ways. Because he's, well, I don't know though. Because Wiggins will, drives me absolutely insane defensively, anyway. So I feel like it'd be a big win. It can't happen. 
I know, but it would be fucking. It would be so fun if it did. Like mid fifties wins, and that does it for the Timberwolves talk. I think right. Do you guys don't have any like? Do you want me to just keep talking? I could talk for like an hour if you want. I love your optimism. Yeah, I love your passion. Uh, yeah, I'll take the next yeah. one here. Uh, for this is for John Marthaler from Ooh. from Weather Dave. Um, if John could explain, um, it's a question about the Gold Cup, John. Oh, really? Are you familiar with the Gold Cup? I'm f- I'm familiar. Yes. Um, let's see. If you could actually explain why they get to basically field a new team for the knockout round, that would be cool. I can. John. John's phone die again. Okay, John's gone. So I'm going to field this one, Stu. Um, okay. This, Please field this. this. Why, why did they get to do that? The, the knockout round of the Gold Cup. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Oh, hold uh, on. So what happens? What are... Oh shit! Uh, Damn my it! Phone I was just going to take it. What happened? I was just going to take it. Uh, John, you need to answer gonna... why in the in the Gold Cup there can be a new team in the knockout round. Go. I can explain this. This is for Stu. This is for Weather Dave. The Gold Cup is a mm-hmm. garbage tournament that means nothing to anybody. So having it have the same rules as the fourth grade soccer tournament makes all the sense in the entire world. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you do. Nobody cares who wins the Gold Cup. It is a nonsense tournament designed to make as much money as possible to keep the natives restless. I mean, the natives happy. Does Dana care about it? Uh, It's hard to say. I think Dana is... We know Dana is passionate and a diehard, but he also is realistic. And I think he knows that this tournament doesn't mean much. His heart isn't really in it. Right, exactly. Probably. He wants the U.S. to win, but only because if they didn't win, someone else would have to win, and that would be terrible. So when is the next important soccer match? Uh, September. The next important okay. United States national soccer team match is in September. Who are they? Who who are they playing? Uh, that will be the start of qualification for the World Cup again. I can't remember who they have in September, but I think it might be Costa Rica at home and Honduras away. Might be the okay. answer. That's good. This is some great information. So we got to start getting jazzed about soccer, about footy. In the next month, so we can right. really just amp up our. You can fandom. always be jazzed about. You can always be jazzed about soccer, Brandon. That's the beautiful thing about soccer; it never stops. Uh, yeah, but it kind of just isn't a thing most of the time. That's my problem with soccer. It doesn't technically stop, What's your... but to me, as a as a as a diehard, as you know, um, huge fan, always have been. Uh, it's. I have a hard time getting riled up about anything but the World Cup. Sorry, I see what Did you're you saying, but I totally disagree okay. with you. 
Okay. Okay. Well, you didn't. You're not riled up about the Gold Cup. So, when is the last time you got really no, amped not. for a soccer match? What was the last time you're like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna throw up if they lose." Uh, that's every sport I ever watch, Brandon. I I don't know. <laughs> After 220 episodes of this podcast, I would think that you yeah. understand that that's how I feel. That's how I feel about middle school basketball games that people, I don't even have family members playing in them. I just have a rooting interest. If there was a website that published the 7th grade football results from Ortonville High School, I would be like, man, I hope they don't lose to Wheaton. I hate those Wheaton people. <laughs> Etc. and so Okay, on. fine. Lou or Goose? Let's, uh, let's use Dana then. Let's use Lou. Let's use Dana. Sweet Lou. When's the last time... What's the last time Dana got, like, crazy jazzed? Like, nuts. Uh, Probably for the World Cup qualifiers this spring, I want to say they were in May. When, like, the U.S. was playing Mexico. I was super jazzed for that. Everybody was super jazzed for that. (laughs) Totes. I remember that. I definitely... And, I mean... And my person... Dana loves... Dana loves Chelsea. They start again in a week and a half. So, that's something. He'll be super, super excited for that. I heard that our arsenal is bad now or good again. I please help. Eh, I mean, there's they're they're the Minnesota Wild of the Premier League. Damn it! Fuck. All right, Stu. Sorry. Do we have any other questions? Yeah. Um, let's see. Can the Vikings play Sam and Teddy at the same time? This is from Twitter user Shmalahandra. Can the Vikings yes, play Sam and Teddy at the same time? Okay. That seems like it would be a, a really lot. bad idea. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a but good idea. But what if they both get hurt? That I mean, I'm I'm I think Taylor Heineke's got some promise, but I'm not really right. that excited to see him. Ron Gardenhire is Especially putting a third catcher on his roster just in case this happens. <laughs> Oh. Let's see. We um. Oh um. Okay. Friend of the program, uh, Marty Kane, wants to know what would have to happen for us to have some golf talk on the sportive. Oh, probably um, some I said sort of to, death. Uh, Tiger would have to do something really squirrely again. I would say yeah. if our old friend Brian Stensas was on, we'd have some golf talk. Beyond that, I think it's basically over yeah, for me that, in golf. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's happening. There's no other barriers that have to be... I guess maybe if uh, a woman dominated the men's... That would be awesome. That would be fucking cool. I would for sure pay attention to that. But Tiger kind of... It's true. I mean... He broke so many other barriers. There's not really anything left. I mean, he was a minority. He was a young guy. He was super loud. He was amazing at everything. Uh, he was a celebrity from when he was a tiny kid. He was super clutch. Hit the shit out of the ball. His name was Tiger Woods. Fuck. Everything. It's all there. It's impossible. I, I, it's over, I think, until until a lady takes over. That's it. I don't know. Are either of you watching golf Let's at see, all? Um... I'm a... I'm a, I'm a uh... white guy that lives in the suburb, Brandon. Of course I'm watching uh-huh. golf. <laughs> yeah, you can. I think I had. A, I, I took. Okay. I took a good nap. I took a good nap during like one of the British Open rounds because it was on, and you know, 
the soothing tones just it yep. helped it really did yep and i i, I got to tell you i never feel more rich than when i'm watching golf because all the advertisements are for luxury goods and it systems and all sorts of things Bonner that pills. are just like man these advertisements opioid induced constipation the people they <laughs> they really think that i have a lot of money like these old people just drive around in expensive cars and uh, sit in bathtubs taking boner pills. That's like what old life I think is for old white guys. Uh, these guys think that I'll I have five thousand dollars to buy a wristwatch. Yeah, a, a wristwatch. Yeah. You know there was. Uh, you guys want to talk about memes? I love just chatting about the the hot new memes. Um. Oh no! One of these stupid. T- I hate when we talk about <laughs> memes because I never know what we're talking about. Just kidding! I would never talk about memes. God, can you imagine? Ugh. Anyway, uh, but there was no, a talk, question. Talk about memes. Uh, <laughs> there was a question on Twitter that surprisingly, like, it was one of those like quote tweet this with the answer or whatever. But it was super interesting and it was very simple. It was just you know it was the game of like choose your five favorite athletes of all time. Uh, and it's I've been talking about it with a bunch of my buds too because it is a surprisingly interesting answer. You're basically just like using these athletes to explain like how old you are because everybody from a certain age has essentially the same exact list uh, for the most part, at least like three of the five. Anyway, it's been amazing how many people have Tiger on their list. Almost everybody I've spoken to have been like, yeah, Tiger. And nobody gives a shit about golf. It's just the oddest thing. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing about how much everybody cared about a sport that they don't give a shit about. That's how good he was. Never again. Cancel the sport for all I care. <laughs> um, let's see. From Dan Chambers, what's wrong with Orzo? I think that's oh, a type of small pasta. It's a tiny it little pasta. can't decide whether it's rice or pasta. Yeah, it needs to make up its mind. I think is the supportive uh, opinion on Orzo. Um, let's see. I couldn't. I couldn't pick up a blind test. Um, from Andrew Olson, what is the most sportive team in the Mayak? Um, Clarence's employer or the ever lovable Aggies? Hmm. Boy. Uh, well, Saint Olaf is also the uh, um, the alma mater of uh, sportive fact checker Wade, so right. that's a pretty True. sportive thing to do Saint is Olaf to fact is check a podcast sportive. that's always wrong. Is is Saint John's pretty sportive? I can't decide. Uh, boy, well, I don't I th- know. I think that's I'd a good have question. to kick Saint Olaf out the... because they uh, Saint Olaf has like a good choir, I think. And that seems a little too like yeah. buttoned up and prepared of an activity for them to be very sportive. So I think they're a little too fancy for us. A little too, a little too fancy and prepared. Yeah, it's got to be someone kind of middle. If they changed the name of that, yeah, that midnight mass concert was called like Sexy Christmas Jesus. I think they'd be more more sportive, but they're not. So right. if they can make that change, immediately the most sportive. I don't know. I, I know that the dean listens, <laughs> there immediately. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dean of students, Clarence John Swampton. Yeah, 
Swampton. Uh, I guess Augsburg, if that's the only other option we have. I don't really know what else. I don't know. Concordia is probably pretty Might sportive. Be, it, yeah. They have a, a stadium named after Seafoam, so I guess that's something. Right. No, that's Concordia St. Paul. We're talking Concordia Morad's ears do. Oh, oh, never mind then. Mm-hmm. And I say that they're Morehead. sportive because their mascot is a corn cob. It is. <laughs> and I mean, that was right. <laughs> and I just, I assume one of Clarence's sportive. shitty apartments in Fargo were pretty close to the cobbers. So, I mean, right. there's proximity there, too. Right. There's there's a history. Mm hmm. There's it's nothing in Concordia and I assume, College or. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume when Clarence got it's like shitty at like giant... Duffy's or something, he would just like tell people to stick a corn cob up their butt. So I mean, there's a really good chance that, yeah, I think Concordia. The entire, the entire school's one giant overgrown Norwegian department studying a language that doesn't mm-hmm. need to be studied. Right. I think it might be Concordia. Yeah. yeah Our cobbers. I think. Yep. Our cobbers. Let's see what else. Uh, let's see that. from Brad Searcy, 2018 recruiting class. Um, let's see. Did anybody watch the uh, PJ Fleck documentary tonight? <laughs> no, anybody? We're recording a podcast while it's airing. No, it's that if was on early stew, though, wasn't it? It was on like at seven. Can, uh, oh, uh, no. I was staring off into space okay. while, while my children okay. fought in front of me. That's what I do most weeknights. It is, it's it, it's crazy that a Minnesota Gopher football coach has a reality show on ESPN. I just want to point out just the epic weirdness of that, that actually really happening. Crazy. It is. I mean, it's like if John Gutekunst would have had a, you know, I... Yeah. He'd have they'd have just says, a camera crew following him to Perkins. These these mammoth muffins aren't that mammoth. Gudekunst, and yeah, that that would have been the extent of that. This has not happened since. This hasn't happened since Lou Holtz appeared on four straight episodes of Cops in 1984. <laughs> well, to be fair, L- Luther Darville was in a heap of trouble, and someone had to get him out of it. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for him to bring this amount of attention upon himself is extremely confident, and I'm happy for him. Or he also could be a lunatic and is just desperate for attention. <laughs> I definitely think it's the first one right now, and I want to believe it's the first. I don't. One. I don't, I don't I even think it's. Imagine I don't think it's an either or. I think it's. I, I think it's a both and. Yeah. I mean, he's maybe, just yeah, maybe he's this way. I guess, but I just can't I imagine. Can't like, it's already a hard enough job and a hard enough profession. To now all of a sudden take this whole other layer of like, I'm going to scream and yell and try to get as much publicity as possible. And I want so many people to pay attention to my first fucking year at this level. I feel, yeah, I good for him. I'm happy. Uh, it's great. But I definitely would have approached it in like, a, I'm going to get loud in year two situation. And he's just like, nah, I'm going for it. We'll see. It'll be fun. I can't wait to piss and moan. Just in general, in September, I I cannot tell you guys. I I have decided that I love PJ Fleck more than anything in the world. I just I I love 
that he's a lunatic. I I think we need to hire more lunatics. And I'm not talking about like Tim Brewster, who is a lunatic, but he was always like winking at you, like I'm a politician lunatic, that kind of lunatic. Mm-hmm. But PJ yeah. Flexen, a legitimately crazy person, and I just love every minute of it. He's a very polished lunatic, too. Like, this is uh, not an accident. Right. He's not like a total fucking weirdo. He's just like he's, into it. He is into it. He's a high-functioning like lunatic, a for sure. Fucking movie <laughs> character. If there was a movie character named PJ Fleck who was taking over, I feel like somebody, like a producer, would be like, could you tone back the writing a little bit this is a little too a little too much a little too on the nose you gotta you gotta right make it more subtle and no he's in real life i can't wait so excited it won't be boring i don't Thank even God. see we're in the mainstream i don't media, even so particularly care how the team does i just love yeah. pj fleck yeah yeah i'm with it we can do one more here um from chris selvi i like despacito I like Despacito. Do you guys? I'm 42. <laughs> uh, Despacito, of course, is the uh, one of the songs of the summer. It features, uh, well, Justin Bieber's on it. And um, Daddy Yankee, I believe, is also on it. And uh, I, I know, I know. Uh, I think you listened to that on your, your at the silent DJ booth at um, the Basilica Block Party. I think uh, that was one of the songs you were jamming out to you, right, B? Yeah. yeah! Oh, yeah! Um, it's catchy. It. Uh, yeah, I'm it is absolute, it. It's yeah, it's super good. catchy. It'll stick with you. That's not going um, away anytime soon. Yeah, no. I'm with you, Chris. It Selby. is. I mean, I don't think it's this. <laughs> I don't think it's a song of the summer. I think that's um, "Bad Liar" by Selena Gomez. I think that is the uh, best song of the summer um, by by a fair margin, actually. But Despacito's uh, all right. No, Stu, I appreciate your point of view here, but the easy song of the summer is Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Humble. Yeah, well, he doesn't sample the talking heads in it, so um, that's where my my, uh, biases lie. John's just like... Solid comeback. (laughs) John's like, are the chip blossoms still around? Yeah, I I wish my phone was dead now. And one of the artists you named, I've never heard of either. Oh, That's okay. God, such a dad. You are okay. the most dad of all the dads since the beginning what of happened? dads. <laughs> I admitted to watching the daddest golf. thing that I, ever I happened. Can't identify popular music artists. What happened yeah. to me? Your phone keeps dying. You can't figure out oh, technology. <laughs> My phone doesn't work. Sorry, can you hear me? I, drank, I was I ranting. Drank, sorry, I drank yeah. two IPAs during this podcast. Oh man! Oh yeah. god! Um, I just looked down. Oh, also, there were a couple. Of... Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a Tommy Bahama is. Um, <laughs> I did have um, a request to uh, uh, Brian Moan wanted me to recap all the beers I drank at All Pints North this uh, weekend, and I that's. That's a fool's errand. I, um, I was actually going to meet somebody out for uh, drinks after. There's like a distillery up there right by the lift bridge, like the Vickery Distillery. And I um, was going to do that, but three of the four adults, um, literally after we had dinner, were asleep, like immediately. So I 
sort of had to bail on that. I was still awake, but uh, no one else was. So that's about what you expect. That's so I drink. Yeah, it was. was, It's a. It's a good festival, and I would recommend anybody who enjoys craft beer and Hall and Oates cover bands to go to All Pines North. (laughs) Maybe they can sponsor us next year. That's everyone. Yeah, I would recommend it. You just named yes. all of America. Or at least the people who listen to this dumb podcast. I think it's a it's a really fun event. And I would re- I would recommend it yeah. to anybody. So But yeah, there there was a lot of good beer there and I'm not gonna name any favorites outside of obviously Surly Brewing. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. It's good. Uh yep. good. Let's wrap yep. this up. You guys wanna you want guys wanna close her down? Alrighty. Yep. You you can you can tag it. Yeah, let's call it a night. Thanks everybody. Love you very much. Uh, uh, we'll see okay, you. Thanks uh, for listening. Later. Bye. Path of totality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 